Welcome to Planted and Flourishing. I'm your host, Kristen Andrus. On today's episode, Jeff and Natalia Posey share their heart for marriage and some of the lessons they've learned during their 20 plus year marriage. The journey has taken them through Jeff's success in the NFL, some miscarriages, multiple moves, but through the trials and the victories, they were drawn to a place where they realized that Jesus had to be put back in the center for them to have a shot at making their marriage everything God wanted it to be. Let's jump right in. Jeff and Latalia, I am so happy to have you guys on the show right now, and I'm even happier that our paths connected several years ago. And that connection has grown into a strong and solid friendship. And Stephen and I are super thankful for you both and just the integrity and authenticity that you both exude. Uh, You guys have been a constant and steady source of friendship to us. And we are super grateful for that. And you also provide a great dose of reality when we need it. And so that in itself is something that I am truly grateful for. So thank you guys for taking the time to come on tonight and just share your heart with us. Thank you for having us and for allowing us to do this. I think we can echo the exact same thing you said about us. You guys are all of that to us and so much more. We love y'all dearly. I am so thankful that God puts friendships together because, you know, when he puts those friendships together, it just, they're strong and they, I think God knows what we need and when we need it. And he just sends the friends that we need and those, um, tidbits of truth to speak into our lives. And so we are so grateful for you guys and so happy that you are here. Um, You guys both, you have a really unique story uh, in the fact that Jeff, you, you, you guys have both lived in, in two different worlds during your marriage, because Jeff, you spent some time playing in the NFL and that in itself brought life transitions because there were moves involved and adjustments that had to be made with every move. And now you guys are transitioned into this life of mom and dad next door, raising some amazing kids. And um, you guys are some amazing parents and you have a tremendous heart for ministering to marriages. And we'll get to that in a, a little bit. But for right now, I'd love for you guys to just share your story and the journey that God has brought you on in not only your discovery of who he is and what he's called you to do, but the passion that he's put in you to help people in their marriages. First of all, I'd like to just say thank you. Y'all friendship mean more to us than you possibly, possibly no, you could ever are... know. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's uh, just uh, getting to know you all and uh, it's just been a blessing for us too. Okay, now there are like 10 different versions. Nine of them belong to Jeff and the true one belongs to me. I don't know if he wants to go first or me. You want to put one of yours out there or do you want me to go ahead and tell him how it really we went want, We want the combined well, version. So you can make that as colorful as you want to. I would just, I would just talk about the true part of mine. Uh, first of all, she is a stalker. Oh, my. You're going straight there. The truth will make you free. Uh, <laughs> I know that is not right. But, I um, know that is not right. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Thank you. I thought we were calling right. to I'm help. trying to help you, Jeff. Okay, so the year was 1996. Oh, wow. She's got a year. She's got a year, people. I do. She always yeah, has dates. I love it. She always has dates. Okay, so I was a freshman, a sweet little 
innocent freshman on the campus of USM here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I was excited, but I had been warned about the different um, types of people on campus, namely the athletes, particularly the football players. So my roommate and I were just set. We were like, okay, don't, you know, don't talk to anybody in fraternities or any athletes, especially football players. So that was my deal. And I was successful in that until one day when I was going to class, I heard all these cat calls and craziness and all that kind of stuff. And I told my roommate, like, just keep going, like, don't look up. And she did. She looked up. She was like, who are they? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just keep going. So we made it to class, went through class and everything as studious students we were. We came back and this, these guys were still standing there. So I didn't pay any attention. I just held my head down and I'm just thinking, just keep walking and get back to your dorm and it'll be OK. So we did that. That that went on for a couple of days. And then finally, she told me, she said, I think one of the guys is this guy named Posey, like who keeps hollering at you and stuff. So I was like, OK, a Again, friendly hello. You know, it was not a friendly hello. I can't tell you. Depends on who you're asking for. here. I, I won't. Just exactly. In case my children ever hear this or stumble upon this one day, I won't tell you what the cat, cat call sounded like. But anyway. Um, then I, she pointed him out to me and then I kid you not, probably every single day for the next couple of weeks, every time I looked up, he was there. Who was, who now was, that's what the story changes. Who did you tell me was the stalker? Here? Thank you. She was. No, he was a senior, I might add, a senior. So that was his whole thing. But he also had something corny to say, like every time he saw me, I mean, it was the, <laughs> wackest stuff you ever want to hear. How long have we been married? <laughs> so anyway, that carried on. And then it just started becoming so funny. And I just remember one day I just burst out laughing because it was just the most off the wall line. And I think he saw that as his end. So he started talking to me. Um, and then we actually engaged in conversation. And I realized he was really just a teddy bear wrapped in all of that craziness. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and the teddy bear thankfully warned me over. And now 20, that was 96, so it's almost 24 years mm. later, here we are. She thought I was a bad boy. Yeah. I thought he was a bad boy because he cut the sleeves out of his shirt. <laughs> um, he himself to make muscle shirts. And he had a, a baseball cap like pulled all the way down over his eyes. So he, mm -hmm. he had the whole persona. Uh -huh, it's hot right. in Mississippi. Right. It's hot in Mississippi. <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, the teddy bear in him won out and won me over. So the, I'm going to need to see end, pictures of this hat pulled over his eyes with the sleeves cut out of his shirt. Is there any proof of this? Certainly. <laughs> I kept everything just in case he developed amnesia, <laughs> selective amnesia. I have, yes. I have no problem admitting the cutout sleeves okay, in the so shirt. Okay, so you were proud of that. My thing oh that's funny <laughs> to this day but yeah that's that's how we met and then we um we kept just saying okay because because i had i was i guess sheltered for lack of a better word and i knew my mother my parents would have a fit if i went home like hey i'm talking to this guy and he's a senior uh -huh. So I was like, you know what? We'll be friends and we'll talk on campus and things like But we will not meet each other's parents like <laughs> with this whole boyfriend, girlfriend yeah. thing isn't happening. So after I think maybe two or three weeks. I laid those ground rules down. Just stop, whatever. <laughs> after two or three weeks, 
I remember being with him on the phone because we there was just this connection that we just couldn't deny. Like it truly, you know, it's all cliche, but it really felt like we had known each mm. other all of our lives. Like it just fit. And I remember yeah. saying one night, like after about three weeks, or two or three weeks, like we need to stop talking. Like this is going too fast. And to make it even worse, he said, okay, but I feel like I'm losing out on the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what? Like this has been two or three weeks. Like you are crazy. Like, yeah that's confirmation that we need to stop talking but every time we did that probably two or three more times and every time we were like okay well we'll talk on the phone but we we still won't meet each other's parents and needless to say can i ask a question about the phone was it a pay phone because that's how steven and i had to talk (laughs) on the phone we had to talk on the pay phone (laughs) my kids don't even know what a pay phone is no (laughs) sorry carry on we didn't have a pay phone. <laughs> that is hilarious. We didn't have a pay phone. We had phones in our dorm, but I did have a pager. Oh, and I wow. did give him my pager. You are number. really, so he you are really dating gift. yourself right there. <laughs> a yes, pager. A pager. He would he would hit me on my hip every now and then and I'd call him back. <laughs> so after school, this carried but, on and what happened next? This carried on. We met in November. So by, I think maybe March or April, he started telling me that scouts were there to um, look at other guys on the football team. And he was going to go and um, like work out for them. But he didn't think himself like there was anything really to it. So that was just kind of like, okay. And then the next thing I know, was it after the draft? It was after, it was after the draft. Um I was called and offered a free agent contract. And that's when things became mm. very real that um, it's a possibility that I could be moving on to mm-hmm. the NFL. So after, what, six months, I think in May, he flew out to San Francisco for the first time. And I was thinking, well, there goes that. <laughs> like, <laughs> no way, Jose. But for three and a half years, we kept a long-distance relationship mm. going. He would um, come home during the off season and spend pretty much every day on campus wow. with me and leave. And I would fly out back and forth for holidays and breaks and stuff to visit. But we dated three and a half years long distance. During this time, was God even in the picture for you? Or was that kind of something that was maybe off in the distance? God was in the picture, but I, at that time, um, I wasn't living as I should have been. Um, but God was truly in the picture. I think uh, conviction was there, but I guess as a young adult, 21 years old, and um, just have turned, just had turned 21, it, it, uh, life was a scroll yeah. in some aspects. But uh, trying to live right, trying to do the right thing, but coming up short. Well, I can't imagine the pressure that you know you go from. I mean, you were at USM, Hattiesburg, and that's 20 years ago. Hattiesburg is a great town, but I can't imagine 20 years ago, it was a, probably a sleepy little town. So that sudden pressure of everything that you were propelled into, you know, with being drafted and and the change of pace and the change of surroundings and just all the transitions that you went through, I'm sure it was a struggle to really keep your focus or to be able to allow God into the noise that was probably surrounding you. Yes, um, it, 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 it was, um, but, you know, um, it's also the idea of not wanting to disappoint your parents also, 
uh, because you know how mm. you was raised. I, my background, I was raised in a Pentecostal home uh, and, and things that you was taught not to do, uh, you shouldn't do. Um, but sometimes um, sin will get the mm -hmm. best of you. As it does for all of us. <laughs> or the worst of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you guys tied the knot eventually. And what happened after that when you guys were promised to each other and you began your life together? Well, I cried all the way on the plane to San Francisco. Thinking, mm, what have it's a I long done? way. Like, it's a long way from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Yes. Yes. But um, once I got there, I think we both were just head over heels all over again yeah. because it was the first time we had been in the same place, mm -hmm. you know, for so long that I, it, it was just, it was bliss for the most part just still honeymooning. We were there for several months for that football season and then came home um, to Hattiesburg for the off season and everything was great. We were still honeymooning. And then uh, <laughs> I remember getting a phone call and actually my grandmother was actually there and answered the phone and she came out and she was like, somebody's on the phone. I don't know who it is, but it's for Jeff. And she left the person on hold for like 20 <laughs> minutes. But come to find out, it was Steve Mariucci, who was the then head coach oh, wow. of the 49ers, calling to, yeah, <laughs> calling to tell Jeff that they had released him. They no longer yeah. needed his services. So that was like bump number one of our, that, that kind of shook us out of our yeah. bliss a little bit. And that was the, the beginning of the, the roller coaster that was the yeah. NFL for us. Yeah, the life of uh, uh, the life of a NFL player getting cut, release, and uh, hoping to get picked up by another. Um, Which you did <laughs> because you stayed in the NFL for what was it, ten years, Jeff? Ten years. I'm blessed to stay there ten years. So um, during yeah. all of this time, what what caused you guys to step back and reevaluate where you were in your not only in your marriage but in your life? Well. What I remember, I remember that um, after becoming married, you know, and for me, uh, just having a wife now, uh, never been any, never been a partier, never been a drinker or anything of that nature. And I felt there's no reason why we couldn't live for Christ, even though me and Tal's um, background was different as far as denomination, but I, but I, I knew that I wanted a mm -hmm. godly marriage. And so there was no reason why we couldn't have that. And I, and we both just decided to dedicate our lives to Christ. Uh, and, and from that point on, uh, our relationship with each other and our relationship with him just started to grow even more. Mm. And that is one thing that I think attracts people to you too is you just shine with the light of God's love. It's it's really um, the picture of, of what you think of when you think of somebody just exuding Christ. Um, that is what I think of when I when I look at both of you because it's it's in your mannerisms, it's in you, in the kindness that you speak to people. Um, just the things that you're involved in, you're always involved in things that edify and build people up and point people to Christ. And that is what we're supposed to be doing. So just thank you for that, first of all, for your example that you set not only to your kids and your family, because you are raising some amazing kids right now, but to the people that have the opportunity and privilege to, to, 
to see you and to know you guys. And so I just, I'm so grateful for, um, the example that you set for my kids to look at and for other people to be able to draw from. So I know that there, um, there have been bumps in the road. There's, there's bumps in all of our roads, but I think sometimes in marriage, the bumps that we are not expecting are the ones that tend to throw us the hardest. You know, when we see something coming down the road, you know, sometimes there are, there are issues or there are things that come our way that we can kind of see them coming, you know, like when we see the credit card numbers building up and we're thinking, Oh man, how's this going to, how are we going to pay this? You know, we can kind of see different things like that building up, but there are times when there are bumps in the road that we never saw coming. And I know you guys have had some of those. So speak to that and speak to those people that might be experiencing a bump in their road that they never saw coming. What direction would you point them? Let, let me say thanks first, uh, Kristen, for the, the compliments. But I, I want to say this too. Um, one thing, as Jeff said, we were both raised in church. Like we were raised, we were in church probably five days a week, you know, between just prayer service or choir practice mm-hmm. or something. Um, so we we had that mindset, but just as as he said, we weren't we weren't as grounded as we should have been. And then after we got married, that really was it. Like you know, why not? But it was obedience for us. Like we look at each other now. We were talking earlier today. Like how in the world did we end up here? Like even with our our kids, and I thank God for our kids. But I'm like, we didn't know how to parent, and we still don't. We're still doing it. Like, how in the world are we getting them this far? You know, how? How are they able to do this? How is? Because we are both so grateful for our marriage. It's almost like we're on the outside looking in sometimes. Like, how in the world? Because we know how imperfect we are. We know um, just, mm-hmm. we know who we are. The baggage. Yeah. Yes, we know the baggage we brought in with just so much stuff. So it, it's a miracle to us and just a testament of God's grace. And what happens when you try to, when, when you decide to mm-hmm. be obedient to him. And that was the thing for us. It was like, I can remember the day that Jeff was like, okay, like no more, no more anything that doesn't line up with God's will. Like mm-hmm. we are all in. And in our hearts, like we jumped all in. Have we, you know, made mistakes? Of course, like daily, mm-hmm. you know, there's something. But it was just something about obedience that turned everything mm-hmm. around for us yeah. just from the beginning on. And we've been married probably, I mean, living to us, like, our marriage was perfect to the both of us. We were both satisfied for 10 years. And then you talk about a bump in the road. We were both still just wanting more of God and more of God and more of God. And like, we just, we didn't, we were content and satisfied and we loved each other, but we felt like there was just, Mm. you know, even more. And I can remember we were praying that. And I remember, um, one thing, and this is, this is maybe going a little deeper than you want. I mean, it's part of our testimony. So we'll, we'll share, but um, the the first, I guess, major bump. Now we've had. Well, I can't say the first major bump. We've had before. We have five kids, but we had we suffered two miscarriages um, before we had any children. Mm. That was a huge bump yeah. that we didn't see coming. And all we had to cling to was God and each other. We were um, the first one. Um, I was at home, and Jeff was in Houston when it happened. And then I went to Houston afterwards and it was just the two of us there, maybe a week or two afterwards, Mm. we had to cling to each other. 
Um, the second one we suffered, we were um, still in Houston. And it was just us. We had other people on the team, of course, who were supportive and everything. But when it came down to it, you know, right there, were, our parents weren't there. People we were raised with, you know, right. family, they weren't there. We had to cling to God and to each other. So that that got us through. But um, the I guess the next major bump, the, the thing for us, the turning point for us when we didn't even realize we needed a turning point happened around um, year 10. So almost, well, 10 years ago. We were just asking God for more and asking him. And I, I would never forget, Jeff and I had always um, talked about being open with each other. We'd always talked about every now and then I'd ask, you know, during that three and a half years we were dating, that, is there anything that happened you didn't tell me? And he'd ask me. And of course we'd say, no, you know, we're all good. Because I think in our minds we were like, that was pre-marriage. It doesn't you know, count. Like, whatever. It doesn't count. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't count, but I could, but God just kept putting it on me, kept just nudging me to ask Jeff again. And I'd probably ask, I don't know, a hundred times, you know, in those 10 years and, and was fine with what he told me, but God just kept bringing it up. And I can remember one night after I'm a Wednesday night service, I was washing my hands and I just remember God saying, ask him again. And I'm thinking why, but okay. You know, again, there's that obedience thing. And I asked God, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I asked Jeff that night and he just looked at me and just spilled three and a half years worth oh, wow. of stuff. And I, and yes, I mean, just stuff more than mm -hmm. I could have imagined, like, to be honest, just, I mean, typical stuff, I guess you would think of a, again, a 21 year old being thrown into the NFL. I mean, just all the stereotypical stuff, like all of that. And then I, I remember just sitting there thinking like you've got to be kidding me I was pregnant with our fourth child and I'm thinking how am I gonna put this dude out pregnant with number four like you know all these thoughts are going yeah. through my head and then God then Jeff turned and said what about you and my first thing was like no because you know in my mind I hadn't done anything that compared or anything I had this mm. scale of what's right and what's wrong but then God started convicting me like nope tell him this even if it seemed little and tell him that and I and I had to do the same with him and it just felt like our whole foundation mm, wow. just crumbled right there. Yeah. Like everything we thought we had in our marriage, like this whole, like, it, like that was it. I was ready to walk away that night. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think you said you felt the same. Yeah. It just felt like um, everything that we had based our marriage on uh, just was, wasn't true. You know, Right. that the foundation that we thought we had, but um we we praise god now because he uh especially for me uh i always wanted tail to see me as the knight in shiny armor the knight in shiny armor that could do no wrong yeah. you know and uh and so for me for god stripped that away and that and, and for me that was the hardest part uh of the confession and and coming um to 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 the true reality um yeah of that uh because he had us he had to start with ground zero again like we were left with nothing <laughs> like we were left with nothing and i remember god saying then if you're telling me because i'm telling you those days i was like again like i'm out i don't know how and worked in forever <laughs> i don't know what, what this is about to look like like i got two dollars and 45 cents <laughs> for kids but i'm out or he's out or something because it just felt like that's how it felt at that moment
But I remember God saying, trust him because he was the one who told us as he had, he had, I mean, the whole thing was his, he had, I guess, quote unquote, pushed me to, to, um, to ask Jeff that again. And he was reminding me of that. That reminded me that all I did, I, I mean, all I had done was to be obedient to him. And he told me then if I would just trust him through it, that he would blow my mind with our marriage, that what we had before would pale in comparison to what he was going to give us. And he is so true to his word in those next few months. Like he just blew our mind. He told us he was taking our marriage from good to godly. And that's exactly mm. what he did. Like he is. And it's just been amazing but for us and and our testimony even when we tell other couples it's not to say okay well sit her down or sit them down and tell them everything it's not so much that it's obey god what we learned so much in that of what happens when you obey that set the tone for us in building our house and in and just every other thing that we've done god has blown our minds but he taught us what it what it looks like when you truly abandon everything through all cautions of the wind and obey him. Mm. And I want to back up to something you said a minute ago, Jeff, you said you wanted to be her knight in shining armor. And I think a lot of couples can really relate to that because I think that's the goal of most men when they are, you know, trying to find their life partner is they want to be that knight in shining armor that, you know, they've got this this persona that they've built, you know, and they want to be the one to be able to provide. Mm -hmm. That's just in a man to be able to do that. But then you were talking about how God just stripped all that away. And then tell you, you were talking about the sin and how you kind of thought that it was a big deal. And, and I think sometimes we have this ill-conceived notion that there's a size that's attached to the sin and that, you know, if it's a bigger sin, well, we can't let that go because it's, it's a big sin, but this is a little sin. You know, I just lied. You know, I didn't tell him what I really spent on that new outfit. It's just a little, you know, and so we, we attach these sizes to sin and really it's just sin. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And then it ties into what you're saying about being obedient to being all that God has called us to be. And that involves stripping away all of the, all of the stuff, all of the fluff that we put around ourselves, all of the personas, all of the facades and, and breaking it down to where we are just open before God. And he sees what we are anyway, but when we attach our obedience Mm -hmm. to, you know, what he's asked us to do and, like you've said, it has just taken your marriage to a whole other level. And I really, really hope that couples that are listening to this, that find their marriage in either, whether it's stale or whether it's in trouble or whether there's been a revelation of something that you didn't know was going on. I just pray that tonight they will, they will hear that, that they will hear obedience is what he's asking for from us. And sometimes obedience involves doing things and forgiving things that we don't know that we have it in us to forgive. It it most definitely does. And the thing I think we have to realize is that God's like that, that you just described uh, the way you see our marriage and we're still growing into that, but that's what he wants for every Mm -hmm. single marriage. Like that's his design for every single one. He, he wants us. He's behind us, pushing us to get it there. But he knows yeah. what it's going to take. Like, there was no way you could have told me 
that Jeff telling me all that stuff was going to result in a better marriage, like that wouldn't have been my plan. I would have been like, no, that's not. You were going to take your $2.44 no you know? and start over. <laughs> and roll. Yeah. Yes. Like that's because his yeah. thoughts are so much higher, but by just obeying. So that's, that's my encourage. That's what I encourage every single couple that he does it. He's mm-hmm. the nudge is going to be there when you go to him. And when you, when you want something, he, he's our father. He is, is ready to help. Like mm-hmm. he is just like, okay, I've been waiting on you just to come and, and just to ask me to help you, you know, get through this or to do this or to walk into, you know, whatever it is. He, he, that's always there. He's always there. He's always speaking. He's always nudging. It's just up to us to listen and then just to be bold enough to obey. Like that takes faith just to step out on that and to obey. But my, I, I can't say enough and can't emphasize enough when you obey, like he, he just blows your mind. Yeah. And, and looking back on it now, God is looking for real people. You know, at that time, uh, we was trying to do ministry. (laughs) We were trying to go out there and talk to couples and things. And we had issues that, uh, that, that we didn't Mm. know about each other. And, 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 and God wanted to use us, but you know, how can he use us when we got issues and got things that we covering mm, right. or we hiding? And so he wanted all of that. I'm not telling everybody to go out there. That's what you should do or whatever. I know for us, for our marriage and what we were trying to do and way God wanted to use our marriage, he had to reveal those things and uncover those things within, within us. Um, because um, like, his like my wife just said his his thoughts are higher than our thoughts we may just look at our marriage and say hey this is just for us um what we needed to to do and but god's plan for our marriage is for someone else to 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 increase or grow in their marriage and so the things that he had us to reveal to each other was on for his purpose to to, so that when we are on a platform or that we are talking, that we don't have any hidden things or any hidden sin that will hinder his uh, ultimate plan. Right. And so out of this came the marriage conferences that you guys started doing several years ago, R7. And can you talk a little bit about that and what you've seen happen um, with the different... I'm, I'm not sure exactly how many you've had. I know it's it's been quite a few and you've had some wonderful responses to it, but I don't know if maybe you can think of a story that um, somebody shared with you that was a result of you sharing your story with uh, a group of people or a congregation or even just an individual. We've seen a lot, thank God, um, and given all glory to God because Jeff and I still are like, again, like, how in the world <laughs> do we end up here <laughs> with this? <laughs> and, but um, again, mm-hmm. through obedience, just doing that, even when when um, just starting, it's it's been amazing to hear the testimonies. People have, and I don't, countless people have told us that they were, I'm ready to sign divorce papers, that they were mm-hmm. about to call it quits, and they came, you know, um, to the conference and heard not necessarily us, but someone there, yeah. you know, someone else speaking, or just being around other couples, and that. Um, that made them decide to give it another chance. Some couples are still together. We started in 2009, and I believe that was the first year we heard somebody say that, and they're still together mm-hmm. today. 
So it, it's it's been a blessing just seeing. Um, and then, of course, our marriage has been strengthened, you know, even yeah. just by doing it, just being around the other couples. That's our we we love, love, love. That's one reason we love you guys so much. We love being around other couples who are real and who will talk and who will, you know, put it out there. Just everything, the good, yeah. the bad and the ugly. Yeah. So we can grow Every, you know, from them. Sorry. So, yeah, we <laughs> everybody can that. everybody can relate oh, no, with the struggle. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, yes. you know, you played in the NFL, Jeff, but you also have, have struggled in your marriage. And so that's what we relate to. We, we take this story that you guys have thrown out there too. And it's easy to, to look at people that, um, you know, have been where you guys have been and automatically stereotype, you know, well, they probably did this, 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 and this, but then to see how God has taken your marriage and for you to just talk about, Hey, this is real life. This is where we've been. And this is where God is calling us. We're not all the way there yet. We're walking in obedience and we're doing what God has called us to do as he's calling us to do it. And just everybody can relate to the struggle of not just the temporal things of, you know, being married and a relationship and having kids, but also to that spiritual struggle of obedience and listening to the voice of God and being sensitive to hear his voice to respond to those nudges that sometimes we hear, but maybe we don't have time for it. Or maybe, you know, we've got things going on and, and we we tamp it down a bit or we put it on the back burner. But just tuning our ears to be able to hear God, to prompt us, to push us and make our marriages something that glorifies him like you're talking about. This is all for the glory of God is to point people to that direction and into into that place right. to where they can be everything that God has called them to be. And like you said, if you've got junk in the trunk, so to speak, it's not going to happen. If you've got stuff that's <laughs> hidden sins, or if you've got stuff that you're struggling with, and right. you're trying to do, if you're trying to encourage, and if you're trying to put out there because you're drawing from an empty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I am just so, so very grateful yeah. to... Um, have had this conversation with you guys. It's been, it's been wonderful. And I am certain that people will be helped not only by the conversation that we've been having tonight, but by what you guys continue to do. And I know that you guys are still pouring into people, but I did want to ask you, you've got five beautiful children. Talk to us about keeping the fires alive with five kids. And virtual schooling oh. right now. Now you're virtual yeah. schooling. So, hey, yeah, we need some pointers. Uh, but first, but I let my <laughs> Jeff, wife say. Jeff is uh, going to quietly exit the I, I just like to say. <laughs> right. Like, virtual, I'm out. No, I just like to say one thing. Uh, we talked about my life in the NFL. and, and uh, But I, I truly think this, too, also. Uh, the reason why God had us to do and the, the journey that we but what he took us through obedience. I'm looking at my life now through uh, just even retiring now, uh, being out of the NFL. And and many people don't know this, but typically five years after a player retires out of the in the NFL, uh, they suffer mm-hmm. divorce. Uh, typically five years after retiring, um, for whatever for whatever reason. And I know this, I, I'm looking at my life. I believe that if we, if God wouldn't have changed the direction 
or changed or, or rebuilt our foundation to the true foundation to where it is now. I don't know how our marriage would have survived the 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 retirement stage and not getting picked up and sitting mm-hmm. out for those years. And uh and so I thank God for that. I thank God for my beautiful wife here that um with her being obedient because um because it's tough. Uh um um having having to do something for so many years and having that platform and having that recognition mm-hmm. and that fame and now that it uh it it goes yeah. away suddenly. <laughs> Because you, you really never know when you're going to be retired until they don't yeah. call you anymore. <laughs> so, and, I, and I, I'm looking at it now like if it wouldn't, if God wouldn't have prepared, repaired our foundation and strengthened our marriage now, I don't know what it would have, what our marriage would look like through that challenge of our life. And to I think that's such now. a beautiful part of living life in God's will is being able to look back and to see where he placed the pieces, where he moved you, where where he interjected his grace. Because mm-hmm. when you get down the road and then you right. look back and you can totally see, you know, you can't always see it when you're in the middle of it. But when you look back and you see that, that is just exactly. such, it just makes you so grateful and so appreciative that, that, that God's hand leads and guides. And it also makes you thankful that Sometimes that we used our common sense and said, hey, God, take the wheel because I don't know where it's going right now, <laughs> you know, yes. and so that he took yeah. it and he, he made something beautiful out of out of your lives. And that's that's so yeah. that's wonderful that you look back and you realize that had it not been for God's hand and God's mercy and grace in your life, that you might not be where you're at today. Now, to answer your question about these 32 children we have and what we did. Stop speaking that. I have received that knock. Jeff told me to stop speaking that. Oh, my word. Okay, the, five, the final five. The five and that's it. Yeah. Um, Keeping it, your fire, fires the alive. Fire? How do you make time for each other? We, we are intentional. We have to be. I know as a mom, I have to be. I'm sure you can relate. Like every now and then as a mom, mm-hmm. you can get kind of caught up in being a mom. I think it's just because you carried those little boogers for nine months and they depended on you for everything. And then you, you know, nursed them or did whatever for another year. And then they just, I know in my house, it's mom, you know, they, they love their daddy to pieces, but they will walk straight past him. I still can't figure that out and come find me when I've locked myself in the bathroom to ask me where the bread is or something like that. So it's easy to, to um, get consumed. So for me, I have to be intentional. I can remember it was probably at one of the retreats or something a long time ago, um, uh, uh, another wife just talking and just saying she was older and she was just saying that when her kids are gone, like her kids aren't her, her son isn't her boyfriend, her husband is. And once they're gone, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be him. And that just stuck with me. We hear it all the time. But I just kept thinking, like, they are going to be gone. And, of course, now time seems mm, to be right. chatting by. So I'm like, it's going to be me and this dude. So I need to make sure I'm intentional that I'm still into him and that he's and still into me. So we do. We, um, no, I was just oh, going to echo ahead, that. It's so easy to get buried in all the tasks and all the laundry and the meals and the school. And you're up to your neck yeah. in the PTO. So I'm not sure where you're fitting all this in. But 
it's just, it really is the word intentional is the key word there is to make it intentional. And it can be something as easy as going to get ice cream like you were the other night when I called you. You were getting ice cream. I mean, you know, that's 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 what we do. We take those trips. We have to, Kristen, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think sometimes, well, I know for me, I can't speak for other people, but for me, I think sometimes it's easy to think, you know, well, we'll fly here or there. And then you keep, you know, you start with those big things that just don't happen. And sometimes for me, I overlook the small stuff like the ice cream. It's like, okay, well, I may not realistically, especially now with virtual learning and stuff, we may not be able to fly anywhere for the foreseeable future. I can't keep waiting on that date to come. Like, what can we do now? What can we do in the middle of all of this? And I think for both of us, it's figuring out, okay, what can we do? So it is going to get ice cream or it is sending our kids to bed at 8.30. Like, okay, I don't care if it is here. That's how it was over the summer. Yeah. It's like, close your blinds, like do something, you know, go to bed, just find something else to do. It's five of y'all. Surely you can find something. Just don't come to our room because we need just setting up those boundaries. Like, and that's the biggest thing for me as a mom, like putting up, Jeff is good with boundaries. He can walk in like, you know what? Like, "Mm -mm, don't come to us. Don't talk to us. Don't say anything. Dads can do it. Daddy, like, (laughs) Yeah, like I hadn't seen your mom. I hadn't seen her, seen her in a couple of, you know, a couple of days. Like, go on to bed, go do something. For me, it was, I was like, but just one more story or one more this or that. So it's for me as a mom learning and then respecting my husband's boundaries, you know, respecting what he puts in the place. Like, okay, he's, he's doing this for us. Like, right. we do need and this. He, he, so you were talking about time jetting by. And <clears throat> I think sometimes... I know I've seen this play out in my my own marriage, and I'm sure you can relate. It's there's a, a period of time that goes can just go on by before you even realize it, and you mm-hmm. look back and you realize, oh, I haven't even spent a time having a conversation with my husband in the last what's it been two days, three days? No, realistically, it's been a couple right. weeks, and those little small things exactly. that we we don't realize that get by us so quickly because life is so fast, especially after you have kids. And now with, you know, the virtual learning that everybody's um, trying to wade their way through, it's just making that intentional time and and setting up those boundaries. It's so important. And it's not easy. It's so hard sometimes to do that. It is so hard. It is so hard. And if you wait for it to become easy, you're probably not going to do it. You're going to look up and realize there's a problem, you know, I always think about dehydration and it, it's so funny. I guess it's that little medical part in me, <laughs> but I think about, you know, that like, it's just true. You never know you're dehydrated until after the fact you start seeing the signs mm. after the fact. And I think about that in my marriage. I'm like, I don't want that to be us. I don't want to start. I don't want to realize I neglected my husband or we neglected each other right. after the fact, you know, I want, I want to prevent it. I want to do it. So I think for me, Jeff, what what do you I'm I'm afraid for Jeff to share what he does to keep the fire. Like you're gonna have to edit this whole little thing, but we'll put it out there. Jeff, what does what do we do? PG Jeff. PG. No, uh, what? <laughs> right, please. No. Uh, <laughs> No, really, it, it is, uh, and I'm and I'm working on it. Uh, communication, um, just communicating to her and and uh, that what I need, uh, and sometimes that's hard for me because I don't know what yeah. I need. <laughs> but um, yeah. just just communicating, um, um, and 
and not even communicate and not thinking for her. Uh, just the other day, we was having a conversation and, and, and I was communicating to her about some things like, hey, uh, what about this? What about that? And come to find out we were we we were, we was on the same page, but I was thinking um, mm. differently that, you know, that that's something that she hasn't thought about. And I think I'm finding out it, um, just communicating with her and just uh, the thing that she wants to do, like like even just going on the little walks that we go on, you know, um, just her language, uh, her love language, so to speak, uh, being into her. And, and sometimes that's hard, that's difficult, you know, because you have your thing, your things you want to talk about, but I'm, but I, I'm, I'm understanding, I'm understanding that I also got to be a listener. And that's what I, I say that keep the sport going. Uh, I'm, I'm learning communication. Yeah, I think we're all trying to learn communication. And I think if there's one thing that this pandemic has shown us, it's probably illuminated some gaps in our communication now that we're all, you know, it's opened up a, a bit more now, but when people were, you know, enclosed in their houses together i'm sure there was a lot of who are you now what was your name how long you been living here <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. going on because you know right. it forced us to yeah. stop and and reevaluate and kind of redo how we how we do things because we had to make adjustments for what was going on in the world but you guys i'm so grateful for this conversation before we close it out would you guys just say a prayer for us for, for marriages, for people that might find themselves in the middle of a struggle. And I just want to put this plug out there. We are huge proponents of marriage counseling. And if you find yourself in a place where you're just at an impasse and, you know, neither one's giving, I encourage you, I implore you to find somebody that you can talk to. Find a, a person that you can be accountable to to pull into your situation, somebody that can help you and your spouse deal with maybe issues that maybe you're dealing with from your past that's causing a a upheaval in your, your marriage right now. I'm just, there's such power when you start speaking these things to somebody that can help guide you through this. And so um, just putting a plug in there for, for all those couples that, that might be in a struggle. You know, we all go through struggles. We all, we all have that in yeah. common. We're we're two imperfect people trying to make a life together, right. and sometimes you need some help. And so, you any any last words you guys want to say before we we pray over our friends that are listening to us tonight? I I want to say this. I want to say, you, you when you said struggle, then I I know especially now with people who are just getting married, it's almost like. You know, I think we all had that fantasy of what it would be like. But for a lot of people now, it seems that as soon as like they don't expect, they expect mm. nothing but the fantasy. And ex- as soon as as the bumps come and things like that, they're like, this isn't right. And they're gone. I'm like, yeah. expect, right. <laughs> expect to have some sort of struggle. It's the whole thing about Jesus telling us, you know, about the trouble and what there would be. I mean, in marriage, yes. You're putting two people together right. in one house, you know, raised totally different. I mean, it's inevitable. But just as much as you expect this struggle, and I say that to say, don't think it's over just because the right. struggle comes. Like, no, that's normal. Fine. As you yeah. said, talk to somebody. 
please talk to somebody. The more people, the more married people. And I'm, I'm always a proponent of talking, only talking to people as far as couples who have the type of mm-hmm. marriage you want. You know, if it's somebody whose marriage is, is tore up, like, no, don't talk to them because they're just not going to help. Right. You. But if you can find somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you see their marriage, then talk to them. But just as much as you expect the struggles, expect and know and believe that God wants you to have yeah. a godly marriage. He wants you to have the best. I think sometimes we, we miss out on that because we're just thinking, well, that may be for them or this or that. Expect that. Go to him. Go to him. Just Jeff and I invite God into every single area. We're like, you know what? Like we have been fussing for three days straight. <laughs> like, what is this? If we invite you in, Lord, like <laughs> whichever one, whoever it is, if it's one of us, right. you know, both of us, whatever, we're, our ears are open. We expect you to listen. And because we expect him to speak, he speaks and we hear him. So I'm, I'm just like, just be real with God. Expect him to do stuff. Expect him to answer whenever you go and ask about, you know, how do I get him to put the, you know, the cap back on the toothpaste <laughs> or whatever? Or how do I get him to talk to me? Or, <laughs> Is that possible? You know, I, have, I mean, the Is the cap on the toothpaste really uh, possible? I'm not sure there. about that one. I've, I've learned the power of the flip top, <laughs> yes. the flip of the one that we'll doesn't come that one. You know, <laughs> Yes. By, by two separate two. There you go. But that's that's my thing. Like just expect it and then show grace. Show each other yeah. grace. Know that you're in it together. You know, I used to be so bad about not giving Jeff the benefit of the doubt. But now I'm like, I, I do. I give him the benefit of like, he's not trying to hurt me. He's not trying to be, you know crazy or obnoxious or this or that. He's not trying to destroy, you know, this or that or or to put me down. He he just doesn't understand for whatever reason the communication he it's just not clicking yet. And vice versa. He knows for me I'm not trying to do this to him. I'm not trying to hurt him. I'm not trying. I just don't know how yet or I'm just not going about it the right way. We've had to show each other it's so we we have to recalibrate so many times like daily. Like he's not married to the twenty one year old I was when we got married. He's had to recalibrate and adjust every single day. I'm a different woman every day, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think it's split personality. I think it's growth. No. But I am. I'm a different I'm different as a mother of five than I was a mother of four and a mother of three. Like it changes. I'm different in that I'm different as a teacher mm. right now. So he's having to adjust to all that. But I I want to say it publicly. I think my husband for showing me grace in this. So I, that's what I encourage and want to leave with people. Show each other grace. You're yes. in this thing together. You're partners. Show each other's grace. Obey. And mm. live happily ever after. Well, she, she did a good job. All, huh? yeah, really did. <laughs> it's such a, um, you know, when you look at it that way, it you know, God gave man a companion in the garden. And, and that was the purpose was to be together, to live together, to grow together you know, to struggle together, to enjoy the times of um, prosperity together. You know, it's it's all so that we can enjoy each other's company and, and doing life together. And it's such an important thing that you said, Latalia, you know, expect a struggle because you're two imperfect people joining into one, but also expect those beautiful times and those times where God grows you and where God blows your mind in your marriage. Like you said, he's done for you guys. And so thank you so much, you guys, for, for all the, just the nuggets that you've given us tonight and just sharing from your heart. 
like you always do. And um, so I'm just going to ask one of you guys or both of you to pray for us tonight as we're closing out. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're the creator of the whole universe, but yet you're still our Father. You're still the one who cares for us. You're still the lover of our souls. You're still so personal to us, God, and we thank you for that right now. We thank you that you created marriage, God, that this was your plan and your purpose, and we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for every single marriage, God. We thank you for that. We ask you for your wisdom, God. We ask you for your guidance, Lord. We ask you, Lord, just for your help, and we thank you for your grace that you show us, your mercy that you show us each and every day, God. We thank you for the love, the unconditional love that you show us. God, I just pray, Lord, that we show that same unconditional love to our spouse, Father, daily. I pray, Lord, that we know, Lord, that we're capable of doing the same thing, God, because you are on the inside of us, God. I pray, Lord, that you teach us, God, that you teach us how to be the wives that we need to be, the husbands that we need to be, the parents that we need to be. I thank you, Lord, that you are willing to do it, God, that you want us, God, that you want nothing more than for us to grow into the people you created us to be. So we speak peace to every marriage right now. We we speak unity to every marriage marriage right now. We speak love to every marriage right now. We declare that no weapon formed against any of our marriages shall prosper. We thank you, Lord, just for showing us practical ways, God, and just for teaching us, God, just things that we can do, Lord, to honor you and to honor each other. We thank you for it right now, God. In Jesus' Jesus name. name. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Would you do me a favor and share this with someone you think could be helped by what we've shared today? And drop a comment down below. Also, Click subscribe so you can be made aware of any new content. You can also visit my website, plantedandflourishing.com, and follow me on Facebook at Planted and Flourishing or on Instagram at plant.flourish. I hope you'll join us again soon. I have a favorite pair of boots that I just cannot bring myself to throw away. If you've ever seen them, you would probably agree that they need to just be retired permanently. From the top, they don't look overly horrible, just especially loved. I'm sure you all probably have a favorite pair of shoes that you just can't bring yourself to get rid of either. Um, But they're cute little booties that go with everything, and that's exactly why they're in the shape they're in. The insides are a mess, the heels are worn down and broken from the hours I've spent in them, and ironically, I have them on today because I love them. But this morning, I walked into a coffee shop in my tired and worn boots, and my spirit was feeling just as weary as my shoes. I ordered hot chocolate because I'm not really a coffee enthusiast, and my eyes drifted to the wall while I was waiting for... um, Let me do that again. One morning not long ago, um, I walked into a coffee shop in my tired, worn boots, and my spirit was feeling just as weary as my shoes. I ordered hot chocolate because apparently I haven't grown up yet, and I don't really drink coffee a whole lot. 
Um, so I order hot, hot chocolate or hot tea or whatever I'm feeling at that particular moment. And as I was standing there at the, at the counter waiting for the barista to, um, make my hot chocolate, my eyes kind of drifted over to the left where all of the fixings for the coffees were. And over this counter, there was a beautifully written scripture on a chalkboard. And this is what it said. It said, the earth and sky will wear out and fade away before one word I speak loses its power or fails to accomplish its purpose. And that's found in Matthew twenty four thirty five. And the version I just read was the um, Passion Translation. And I'm telling you, it was salve to my soul. It was a total God wink because in the, my heaviness and my weariness, it was just like God was reassuring me that nothing goes unnoticed by him. And you know, we all know that he's there, even in those moments that we feel weary or we feel tired. We know he's there. We know he's capable. We don't question if he loves us, but sometimes we feel as though he's forgotten, like our blip has gone out on his radar. And it leaves our spirits feeling rumpled and worn. And the sad truth is things wear out. You know, there's a favorite shirt that gets an unrepairable hole. The jeans need to be replaced. Cars break. Houses need repairs. Bodies don't always stay healthy. People forget. Sometimes it's you or a special day in your life that was remembered for a time. Good intentions are usually there, but let's face it, even in the best of intentions, they're sometimes buried in all the stuff that we encounter along the way. And maybe you've found yourself wondering through this last year if God is aware and what is going on. Scratch that. Maybe you found yourself wondering through this last year if God was really aware of where you are and what is going on here on earth. Does he really know? Is he really in control? Does he truly care? I'm sure there's been a lot of questions um, that have been floating around in your mind because I know there has been in mine. And let's not pretend that we don't ask questions because we all ask things during times when our spirits feel especially vulnerable and when we don't see the answers that make sense. Sometimes the influx of negative information that is bombarding us on a daily basis can just overwhelm us until we can't pretend we see God's hand anywhere. There are so many incredible examples of this in the Bible. Stories we've heard and read and studied probably all of our lives or maybe just recently you've read one of these stories. The first story is the story of Gideon and his army of 300 men. He started out with thousands upon thousands of men. It was a strong army and they had the confidence because they had so many people that they could accomplish what God had ordered them to do. But as we read through the story, we watch God reduce the amount of men that were in his army by thousands until he literally only had 300 men left. And God proved once again that he doesn't need our help to accomplish his purpose. Gideon obeyed what God requested, and victory was his, and it's such a great, amazing story. Joshua and the children of Israel marching around Jericho. Can you imagine the questions rolling around in the people's minds as they silently marched around the city for a week? But once again, God was asking for their trust and obedience, and again, 
God proved his power. Mary was visited by an angel who brought astounding news that she would deliver the Savior of the world. Could she have refused? I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that she probably could have, but I think God knew her character and the posture of her heart, and that's why he chose her. She accepted the assignment God was calling her up. No, she accepted the assignment God was calling her up asking her to do what had never been done and probably wasn't in her wildest imagination. Saul, who later became Paul, he murdered believers. As sick and as twisted as it was, that was actually his job. People knew him as a persecutor of Christians until one day on his way, ironically, until one day on his way, To hurt more innocent people, Jesus appeared to him and personally called him up to something better. Who would have guessed that this murderer would be one of the greatest apostles and end up writing half of the New Testament? So many more stories in the Bible that we could talk about, and they all have one common thread woven into the details. In every situation that people found themselves wondering where God was and what he was doing, Each improbable situation proved to be an opportunity for God to call them up higher. And as we wrap up 2020 this year, look, I know 2020 has been anything but pleasant for most of us. There has been pain, unexpected twists and turns, loss, illness, heartache, uncertainty. Everywhere we look, there's been chaos. And we're all looking to the hope and the expectation of a new year. And I'm right there with you, I promise. But what if, in all of the weirdness, God is extending an invitation to you and me to come up higher? Then instead of trying to figure it all out and be overcome with worry and fear, he's asking us to step into sync with him, into his plan, into his purpose. All those stories that we talked about earlier end with God setting them up to wildly succeed in whatever it was God was asking of them. They just had to be willing to take that step. I know a lot of us don't really want to look back over 2020 because it feels empty and void of purpose, but don't miss the invitation to allow God to take the void and the emptiness of what has been a really crazy and unpredictable year and allow him to fill it with vision and purpose and to walk into something that God has specifically designed for you. The earth and the sky may fade, but God's word will never lose its power to fulfill its purpose in you. The earth and the sky may fade, but God's word will never lose its power to fail. The earth and sky may fade, but God's word will never lose its power or fail to fulfill its purpose. Wishing you all a bright, hope-filled 2021. Happy New Year, you guys. Welcome to Planted and Flourishing. I'm your host, Kristen Andrus. So glad you've joined us today, but just a heads up before we launch into this podcast, the content is for mature audiences only, so please make sure you pop in your earbuds if there are little ones nearby. We'd love for you to listen first before any of your kids do to determine whether or not you think this is an appropriate topic for them. 
Our guest today is my friend Jenny Miller. We've known each other on multiple levels for the past three and a half years. We work together and we church together, and I am so grateful that you are willing to share this part of your life, Jenny, um, so that other people can find freedom as you have. And I have to admit that when I heard your story several years ago, I didn't really realize what an issue this was among women. Because most of the time when pornography addiction is discussed, it's discussed as a man's issue. But your story really made me aware of the growing need to talk about this as a women's issue as well. So thank you for being willing to share with us. I know that there's going to be people that will be helped by what you're about to share with us. Welcome to Planet and Flourishing. I'm your host, Kristen Andrus. I'm so glad you've joined us today. Um, just a heads up before we launch into this podcast, the content is for mature audiences only. So please make sure you pop in your earbuds if there are little ones nearby. We'd love for you to listen first before any of your kids do to determine whether or not you think this is an appropriate topic for them. Our guest today is my friend, Jenny Miller. We've known each other on multiple levels for the past three and a half years, and we work together and we go to church together. And I'm so grateful, Jenny, that you are willing to share this part of your life with people so they too can find freedom as you have. Um, I have to admit, though, that when I heard your story several years ago, I didn't realize what an issue this was among women. Um, because most of the time when pornography addiction is discussed, it's discussed as a man's issue. But your story really made me aware of the growing need to talk about this as a women's issue as well. So thank you for being willing to share with us. And I know there's going to be people that will be helped by what you're about to share. <laughs> 